0: Okay, why you did that for him? Because I've watched this kid for the last several years just use his faith. See, he grabs a hold of stuff that most of y'all still struggling with. Most. Most of y'all still struggle with this. Get the microphone. No, you got to turn it on. Come up here where the camera can see you. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs>
1: I'll be mama for a minute. Now, I've watched when people say I got a debt-free car. And I've watched money just go crazy in this house. You've seen it. Haven't you seen it? I'm getting in on the gas. I'm getting in on the. You know, maybe our children behave ugly sometimes because we don't see them as good ground. You see what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. I'm just talking to you. I'm not talking to nobody. I'm not talking to nobody because I don't want nobody getting their feelings. But I've watched when people want cars, they want houses. You know what I'm saying? They want a purse. They want shoes. This place erupts. But a child of God who's never given us an ounce of trouble, we ain't had to go and counsel community service him. Ever? Ain't nobody moving yet, are they, Pastor? Just don't. You just give. Me. This
0: house goes crazy about a car. Because what it is, I don't need an iPad. You got to read First Corinthians fifteen. First Corinthians fifteen says, "You give uh, God gives the seed a body according to His will. According to His so will. So when you sow a seed, He'll give you the body that you need. It doesn't matter whether you need an iPad it or not. It doesn't matter if He needs he'll it. He'll give you the body that you need. Your seed becomes the harvest you need.
1: I just, I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just saying." I'm just saying. You Maybe might need
0: something else. You might need something else. But what we got to move and, past and, and, and is and selfishness. It don't, and it don't. You don't have to need anything. It could just be because you know. It's just because this goes on blessing. We are a blessing. I didn't saw that because I needed something. Need I, money. Did, I that. wasn't a seed for me. No, that's a gift, sir. That's just a gift. It's a gift.
1: I'm take
0: just it. saying. I'm just. saying,
1: just, just. Just take it. I'm just saying, sir. Just take it, kid. I'm
0: just saying. Glory to God. Let me go and settle my settle my kids right now. Amen. I'll stay at the church. I got y'all at the church, all right. What about your wife? I'm <laughs> maybe was mine is what's mine is yours was yours is mine. I mean, you know that. No, she she has to convince me to, to keep for myself. I She has to fuss at me about keeping or having things for myself because I don't I don't need nothing. I don't I don't. They, they've been trying to convince me to do something. I don't, I don't. Can I just can I be honest with y'all? Y'all blessed me last week with a suit. I didn't want it. I didn't want it. Matter of fact, I haven't even called a guy yet. I haven't even called him. Cause I didn't, Last thing I wanted was a suit. I would have much rather had the money, because you know what I'm going to do with the money? I'm going to bless people. That's just, that's, just how, that's just how I'm wired now. I'm wired... To just bless people everywhere I go, I appreciate it. Beautiful thought. thought. What I much rather was, I want to make people dreams come true. I want to, I want to ease people's pressure. That's just how I'm wired. I'm a paymaster. I just love God. I love His people. I just want. Are y'all hearing me? I'm not moved by stuff. Stuff don't they try to daddy babe just no, I don't what?
1: Sir, it's the truth.
0: Why is Presbyterian
1: again as hard? Oh my God.
0: My wife and I, we were on vacation a couple weeks ago. And we almost had a little falling out on our vacation because she was trying to convince me to spend some money, for, you know, on myself. We, she, we did. We really, we really didn't talk for a few hours, honestly, on our anniversary. She's trying to convince me to spend, for, spend on myself. She said, "Remember, you told the church they got to save a thousand, spend a thousand, sow a thousand? And I finally came back. We got back. I told her, "Yeah, that was for them." I said, I'm already at the place I can sow a thousand and not think about it. I can sow a thousand and not even give it a second thought. That's just how I'm wired.
1: It's for you.
0: We're on our anniversary. Sister Garrett, is going to come up now Sometimes, you know. Give it y'all heads up. I understand she, what she's trying to do. But I'm, man, I'm just, I'm so over me. I'm so over me, you just wouldn't believe. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I was telling the guy outside today, I said, man, receiving is easy. Receiving from God is so easy. It's, that's the simple thing. God already promised you he going to take care of you. You ain't got to think about that stuff. What we got to work on is giving. That's what we're called to. Y'all got it? Let's get into this thing here, man.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, man. Tamar, you ought to be proud of your son. That's where he learned it from. I mean, he learned it from me, don't get me wrong. But he, he watched her model it her whole life. This is this a single mama, not anymore. But she came here a single mama with three kids. No child support, no government assistance, no help. And, and we watched her give like crazy. Pay her child's tuition and put money on other people's tuition. Bring in a little milk. Bring in all, all the stuff she had. Just bring in, hey, bless somebody and don't tell them. Yeah. We watched her work her faith. Yes. We watched God one Saturday, man, in November 2006. Yes. On a Saturday morning, y'all remember that? Yes. And God put a, a virtually brand new Lexus in her hands. Yes. Yes. That was the first person I ever seen. God just hand somebody a debt-free car. Yes. It was 2006, and the car was a 2007. That's how new it was. But she just made up in her mind. I'm gonna work faith. She got in here and learned, and when all her friends left, she kept working her faith. And didn't sell her car. Fixed it and gave it to somebody else. Because that's what a giver does. You just can't. And along came Chris. Now she's got a husband. Amen. All right, let's jump into this. Let's jump into this. Romans chapter 11, verse 33. Romans 11, verse 33 says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past Finding out his ways past finding out today. I want to talk about mysterious ways part two and we're going to subtitle this today. Enter into his rest. Enter into his rest. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for your people already having open hearts, minds, ears, eyes to see here, receive your word and the intent to do and obey. Thank you that God your people will today will step into your rest and stay there. We pray in Jesus name. amen Amen and amen. All right, take your seats. Boy, boy, boy. boy, boy. I'm going to try to move quickly through this. Y'all, we've taken a lot of time already. Hallelujah. Now, uh, I've been sharing with you a the start of Wednesday night about two common phrases that we hear in the body of Christ uh, and in the world, but we hear it in the body of Christ uh, especially. One being, the Lord works in mysterious ways. It's one of us to perform. People say that. He works in mysterious ways. Then we hear this phrase also from people. They say you never know what God is going to do. And we spent uh, time Wednesday night refuting both of those statements, disproving them. Yes, sir. In fact, I contend and I believe we prove from the Word that we can know what God is going to do. We just don't know how. Got it? Yes, sir. I also showed, I believe, that God's ways should only remain mysterious to unbelievers. Right. That God's ways are not supposed to be mysterious to us. His ways are supposed to be mysterious to unbelievers. Are y'all getting this here? I was praying this morning and uh, just thinking, God, about some things and just three scriptures just dropped in my spirit and uh, the Lord was just, just causing me to understand even more about this. Uh, his ways being mysterious but not to us. There's a scripture over in Ephesians. They can put it on the screen for us. Ephesians 3.19 that talks about how God's love is beyond knowledge. His love is beyond knowledge. He's talking about here human knowledge. Got it? Then you look over in Philippians 4 verse 7 and it says his peace is beyond understanding so his love is beyond knowledge his peace is beyond understanding then you look over in first Peter chapter 1 verse 8 and if you look specifically in the easy to read version it'll say his joy is beyond explanation I said wow God that's, that's good his love is beyond knowledge His peace is beyond understanding. His joy is beyond explanation. These attributes that come from God, no man, no human can understand them. But you have to have the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the living God on the inside of you, and experience that love, experience that peace, and experience that joy, and when you try to explain it to your coworkers, you can't do it. So his ways are mysterious to unbelievers. But his ways ought not be mysterious to those in the body of Christ. Glory to God. Now, there are many uh, people in the body of Christ who still don't know his ways. And people like that usually uh, act, live, and behave no differently than the world in that they tend to blame God whenever bad things happen. Am I right about it? People in the body of Christ. In fact, there are people you know right now who they say they love God or they say they uh, believe in God, but they don't go to church, they don't associate with things in the, in the body because they're still holding God responsible for uh, some loved one passing away, some bad thing happening, and they, they say, I don't understand why God did that. Or I don't understand how God could let that happen. Right. And for that, because of that, they've built a wall now against God Built a wall against his church and his people Because they are in their hearts Blaming God for some bad thing And in the reality The problem with them is They don't really know God They don't really know God's ways Because if they actually knew God And knew his ways They know God is good And your Bible says He only does wondrous things the, there, the Bible says there is no darkness in him or no evil in him at all. So God doesn't have any bad that he can even do. Well, how come he let bad things happen to, bad, happen to people? Well, be, uh, he, he, ha- he can only let happen what you let happen. Come on now. Whatever you bind on earth, whatever you bind shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, shall be loose in heaven. So you are the, the, the deciding factor or the authority in your life. But if you don't know God or don't know his ways, you assume bad things that happen have something to do with God. They don't know his ways. They don't know his ways. Now, if you never really get to know God, nor his ways, you remain a habitual skeptic. I need you to understand that. You remain a habitual skeptic. Oh, I believe in God. But then something comes up and you're a skeptic about him or a skeptic about his ways. And when that happens, God is, is always on trial in your life. How many Christians are, have put God on trial? Because they're not settled in his love, not settled in his word, not settled in his ways, not settled in him, so every other day he's on trial. Glory to God. Here's the, the thing, ladies and gentlemen, if God remains on trial, on trial there is no trust. If God, as long as God remains on trial, there is no trust. My wife and I, we, again, we've been married 19 years. The trial period's been over a long time ago. Y'all ain't saying anything. The trial period was over before May 27, 2000, when we got married. The trial period was while we were courting. That's why you, that's, that's why you go through that. You're courting. You check them out. Like, Lord, is, is, this, is this him, or should we look for another? Lord is this her or should we look for another Right That's the trial period But once you get married you can't still be on trial With your wife or trial with your husband Come on now can you be married 15, 20, 30 years and still a skeptic If you remain a skeptic there is no trust That's why you're still Checking phones You're a skeptic Come on now. Sniffing clothes. How long are you going to remain a skeptic? As long as you're a skeptic and your spouse is on trial, there's no trust, there will be no rest. And marriage, this is just your marriage minute, marriage is supposed to be a rest. Glory to God. Marriage is supposed to be a rest. What did I say, Laquanda? It's supposed to be a rest. Glory. The moment I say I do, I did. I'm done. Glory to God. And so when you're walking with God, You've got to come to that same place in your walk with God that when God, I say, I do, I did, I'm done, I'm resting, I'm settling you, I'm not a skeptic, I, I don't have you on trial every day, I believe you are good, I believe you are right, I believe you won't change. That's the way we rest. Now, look at Psalm 78 real quick. Psalm number 78 and verse uh, nineteen 20. They'll put on the screen for me. I'm, I want to try to move through, quickly through this. Psalm 78, 19 uh, and 20 says, yes, they, that being the children of Israel, spoke against God. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? They've got God on trial. Look at verse 30, uh, verse 20 rather. Behold, now this is them talking. Uh He struck the rock so that the waters gushed out. They saw his act. And the streams overflowed. They saw his act. But they're still skeptics. They still have God on trial. Can he give bread also? That's the question of a skeptic. Can God do this? Can God get me out of this mess? Can God fix my life? Can he provide meat for his people? They still have God as, a, as on trial in their lives. and Because of that, they never trust him, and we know that generation never entered into his rest. Right. Wow. Glory to God. God should never be, on, be the one on trial. I said God should never be the one on trial. Yeah. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 30 says this, ask for God. I like how that starts. Ask for God. In other words, don't, God, don't make God the one on trial. You be the one on trial. <laughs> Let your faith be on trial, but don't put God on trial. Ask for God. His way, come on now, his way is what? The word of the Lord is what? Proven. How many of y'all have proven God's word? Okay, so if he's proven himself, proven his word already before, why would next week I put him back on trial? Well, I ain't putting him on trial. Well, why are you up at night still? Why are you pacing the floor? Why are you worried? Why are you calling everybody for prayer? I'm not picking on you, I'm just saying these are some of the clues that you have got on trial. Because once you get settled in God's ways and know his word is proven, you sit back and you relax. The Bible says he is a shield to all who do what? Trust in him. Glory to God. Jeremiah 17 verse 7 says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. Y'all got it so far? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, let's go back to Romans chapter 11, please, verse 33. Romans 11, verse 33. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Now, let me look at this first part here. It says, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. But I want to show you that in most translations... Uh, it's three things there—not riches of wisdom, or riches of uh, wisdom and knowledge—but riches and wisdom and knowledge. In fact, look at the uh, the Passion translation, please. It says, "Who could ever wrap their minds around the riches of God, the depth of His wisdom, and the marvel of His perfect knowledge?" You see that? So it separates those into three three parts there. Also, look in the Amplified Bible, please. Amplified. Same verse here, Romans 11, verse 33, in the Amplified Bible, and you'll see this, what I'm talking about here. Glory to God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There it is. All oh, the depth of the riches and, and knowledge of God. You got it? So there are three things Paul's talking about here. Riches, wisdom, knowledge. Three things that you and I, because he has so much of it, we can get from God. Riches, wisdom, and knowledge. Got it? Now, notice what it says. Go back to New King James here. It says, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Now, if you were here Wednesday, I dealt with that. Because it says here, his ways are past finding out. In fact, uh, go, go back to the, uh, to the Amplified on this real quick, that same verse, Amplified. Because I want you to see something where, where the people in the church uh, grab a hold of this part and they miss, miss what it's really talking about here. Notice it says down at the bottom, and how untraceable, mysterious, undiscoverable are his ways, his methods, his paths. So when they say he works in mysterious ways, they grab a hold of this verse here God has mysterious ways. And it's true, his ways are mysterious. They are, go back to New King James, past finding out. We all hear Wednesday or not? So his ways are past finding out. But let's look back then at Psalm 103 and verse 7. Psalm 103 verse 7. Because it says here, he, this is part of y'all. Y'all ever read about your benefits? Bless the Lord all oh my soul. Let me bless his holy name. Don't forget any of his benefits. This is part of your benefits package. He says he made his ways known to Moses. His acts of the children of Israel. Glory to God. So his ways are past finding out. Yet he made them known. to Moses. Are y'all hear me tonight? Today? I want y'all to catch up with me here because I'm, I'm going to take off here in a minute. You got to stay with me. So his ways are past finding out by human intellect, by human intelligence, by human discovery. You, you, can't, you can't do a scientific study. You can't get a, get a beaker and, a, and, a, and, and, and you know, test tubes out and find his knowledge. You can't go and dig in the ground and find out his wisdom, his knowledge. You can't, you can't, you can't find out his ways by that. They have to be revealed to, to you. The Bible says he made his ways known. So when the church is still stuck saying he works in mysterious ways, yes, he does, but his ways ought not be mysterious to us. It's the same way when the church goes around saying that the Lord is going to come as a thief in the night. Yes, but he said it should not be as a thief to us.
1: I mean, does your Bible say that?
0: It says because you and I ought to already know the times and the seasons that we're in. So we can discern, hey, he's he's about to come. It should not be a surprise to us, but he's going to come. His coming will be as a thief in the night. That means to the world, it'll be a surprise, but not to us. You got it? So, his ways, they are mysterious, but not to us. The Bible says he made his ways known to Moses. Y'all, hold on here. Y'all might be mad at me already. I don't know. Y'all okay? All right, now, I showed you, I'm not going to go through the whole definition of this, because I went through that Wednesday night, that word ways in New Testament, hadas, and what it meant, manner and course and so forth, is almost identical to the ways in the Old Testament in Psalm 103, the Hebrew word derech, which means the same thing. So when it says his ways are past finding out, it means the same thing, the word ways, as he made his ways on the Moses. So I'm not trying to trick you into thinking this is something different. It's the same ways. Got it? All right. Now, let's dig into this a little bit more. Give me Psalm 103, verse 7, please, in the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation. Psalm 103, verse 7. The New Living Translation. Look at what it says here. It says he revealed his character. Mess with all the single folk. That's why you want to date somebody. Why you want to talk to them. It takes a little time. That's why you don't meet them today and get married tomorrow. It's because you want to learn. <laughs> you, want to, you want to learn their character. Not not their reputation. Not not their profile on Facebook. On. Or gofish, What them things, yo? What they got all kind of stuff in? What is it called? Plenty of fish. Tinder. You know that's that's all that's all filters, baby. That's all filters. They like looking at what is what is that? What is We did it the old fashioned way. The the new fashion way is they get on the computer and they find somebody. So, so, but Moses discovered God's character and it says God revealed his character, but it says his deeds to the people of Israel. So the people of Israel, they didn't learn his character, they just saw his deeds. And so they were always back and forth, up and down, questioning God, kept God on trial because they never learned about his character. So when times got tight, they questioned God. Am I right about it? Times got tight, they said, you brought us out here to die? Brought us out here to die? He the one came and got you out of Egypt. But because they had not learned his character, they kept questioning, doubting Rebelling against God And it happens in the body of Christ God saves you from a miserable life of sin And shame and degradation And now you're saved And you start seeing his acts But when things get tight You're like, well, how, where's God? How come God, when, God, when you gonna come? God, you've not taken time yet to learn his character You've experienced the benefit of his deeds Give me the same verse in the Y'all ready for this? Y'all listening? The Passion Translation The Passion Translation, watch this I want you to see this, I want want you to see how much God Now remember, uh, this is reading You unveiled to Moses your plans God works in mysterious ways You unveiled your plans to Moses. Now, remember, this is in our, our benefit list, Psalm 103. Yes, so this is a benefit you and I can have to not only know his deeds and his acts, but we can actually know the plans. Yes, Glory to God. When you know the plans, then you don't freak out if the, if the acts are taking uh, a little longer than you. Uh, I, know the, I know the plan. Yes, sir. Glory to God. If, if Anybody ever watched a house being built, or watched uh, somebody constructing something, or or uh, any husbands you've ever you've been doing a project and you know you you got the plan for how you're gonna do it, and your wife comes along midway and says, "Well, why is that? Why that?" Nobody, y'all, they ain't gonna say nothing. I'm I'm by myself. I got it. I got it. I'm by myself. They left me hanging, Chris. I, I got a plan. You come along, partway through the plan, looking at my progress, and like, well, why is that like that? You just say, (laughs) I got a plan. Let me do this. Thank you, Deacon Gerson. Everybody else just, you know. So God revealed, he unveiled his plans to Moses. Glory to God. One more, one more place, uh, same place. Give me the message translation, please. I, I think I sent that to you so we can just go right to it. The message, Psalm 103, verse 7, uh, the message. Glory to God. He showed Moses how he went about his work. Wow. Y'all, y'all, I don't I think it, He works in mysterious ways. He showed Moses how. You can know the how God goes about his work. So once I know that, then then now I enter into a place of rest. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Is this helping anybody here? I apologize for it being so hot. I don't know why. It's it's burning up. It's burning up. All right. You don't see me pouring down sweat. Now. So God's ways can be known, but not through human intelligence or discovery, because it's too deep. It's too deep. Now, I gave you this scripture Wednesday night. Let's look at it again. Uh, Psalm 25, Psalm 25, verse uh, 4 and 5, Psalm 25, verse 4 and 5. Says, show me your ways, O oh Lord. Huh? No, his, his, he works in mysterious ways. Show me your ways, O oh Lord. I can ask God. And that's what I did. I told you that when I was praying and God began to reveal this whole thing to me, I said, okay, well, show me your ways. Show me how things work. Show me how healing works. I know you heal, show me how it works. See, once I know how it works, I can cooperate with you. I can I can move a little easier if because now I know how it works. I know some inner things. Show me how sowing and reaping works. I know it works, but just show me how. Well, I don't need to know that. No, I don't need to know that. He didn't need Moses didn't need to know that. It's just God revealed it, but he said you can. That's what intimacy is. Glory to God. Show me your ways, O oh Lord. Teach me your paths. And then he says, verse 5, lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. Now watch this part. On you, I wait all the day. So he says, show me your way. And then he says, in the end, I'm, on you, I'm going to wait all day. In other words, <laughs> glory to God. That, that's like asking somebody to teach you how to cook. And then you, you, you give them microwave minute time. Oh, you want to learn microwave cooking or you want to learn real cooking? So, real cooking takes time. Right? So, if if I'm going to ask God to show me his ways, then I'll have to now avail myself. I wonder how desperately you want to know God's ways. Now, I know you got to go to work, but maybe on Saturday, instead of going to the mall, you might spend time with God to say, God, I want to show me your ways. What you're gonna do is keep going to the mall and spending all your money and not not ever learning his ways. Because if you I'm gonna show you this here, if you'll learn his ways, you'll stop spending all your money. Y'all didn't, y'all didn't, y'all. Oh Jesus. Watch this, watch this. I'm gonna keep going here because I'm gonna finish this here. Glory to God. It's too hot and y'all too cold. So it says, on you I'll wait all the day. Look look at Job 22, please. Job 22 and verse 21. Job 22, verse 21. Watch one of Job's friends talking to him. He says this to him. Now acquaint yourself with him. Huh? Job, he's telling him, get acquainted with God. What's happened? Job has found himself accusing God. Holding God responsible for his calamities right? Isn't that what the church does? The church keeps saying, you know, look at what, what, what Job went through, you know. Look at what Job look at, look, at, look, at, look at what Job went through. And we make it like it was God's fault. And the Bible clearly tells us it wasn't God's fault. The Bible clearly tells us Satan did it. Well, God put him up to it. The Bible didn't say God put him up to it. God asked, asked Satan, is that, was that what you've been planning? Y'all got quiet right there. Is that what you've been planning? So Job gets into this blaming God situation, and so now his friends come along and say, hey, acquaint yourself with God. You need to know God a little bit better now. I know you, see, Job had experienced all God's deeds. Oh, come on, Job chapter one. Wealthy man. Wealthiest man in all the land of Uz, the Bible says. Oh, my good. Nobody was a baller in the whole county like, like Job was. Experience all God's goodness. His friends come along and say, Hey, acquaint yourself with him. Something you missing, Job. You blaming God. Something you missing here. And be at peace. Thereby what? Good. So when you get to know God, good's gonna come to you. Good. Glory to God. He said, be at peace. Everybody say, be at peace. Be at peace. Now that that word peace is the Hebrew word shalom. Shalom, no, shalom. It's not shalom, it's shalom. Which means, I'm talking about this one. Now, I know the word shalom. This word peace is not shalom. This particular piece is the Hebrew word shalom. Which means to be in a covenant of peace and be at peace. Oh, y'all are not catching. He's saying when you acquaint yourself with God, you will be in your covenant of peace and you will be at peace. You understand the power of the covenant that you're walking with, and, with God in. What he's telling you is get to know God. Tell your neighbor, get to, get to know God. You need to acquaint yourself with him more. If you're still struggling, you can't sleep at night, you're still worrying, you need to acquaint yourself with God. You're still frustrated, still doubting, still up and down, you need to acquaint yourself with God. He says, thereby good will come to you. That word good, a Hebrew word tobe. Which means all kinda good. It means welfare, means benefit, means health, means prosperity, means all kinda good. He says it'll come to you if you get to know God. If you get to know your covenant. All right, now. Let's get into this here. I'm almost done. (laughs) Now, I said this Wednesday. I must desire And seek God's ways more than his acts. What'd I say? So many people in the body of Christ, especially if you get over into a prosperity kind of teaching, you get where you're chasing after God's acts. You want God to keep doing things for you. And I understand that's how we all come to God. People don't generally come to God without needing something. You search through the Bible and you see people, anybody came to Jesus Christ, they came eating something. That's right. Lord Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Right. What you want? Heal my blindness. Right. I want to receive my sight. My, my daughter's vexed with the devil. My servant is sick. Came for the fish and the loaves. The only guys who I saw that didn't really come to him and need anything, one was Nicodemus. He was already loaded. Right? Right? The rich young ruler came, him. He was loaded. He just said, hey, I want to I have what you have, though. That abundant life that you have. But generally, people come to Jesus Christ needing something. So don't pick on somebody because they come to church because I need something. That's, that's pretty much why you came, cuz. Cuz you needed something. You just strung out. You was broke. You was sick. Your marriage is in trouble. Whatever reason, whatever you came to him for, you came for. Right? So what happens is we quickly learn about his acts and we get used to experiencing and receiving the acts and the goodness and the good deeds of God. But you and I have to grow up to where we move past just experiencing and waiting on him to do good deeds and good acts for us into getting to know him. Because when I begin to know him, not only do I receive, but I can learn now how to cooperate with him how to work with God in being a blessing to someone else, in ministering healing. I came to receive healing, but now I learn how to minister healing. I came to receive some financial help, but now I learn how to give financial help. I came here because I needed to be broken away from an addiction, but now I know how to minister deliverance from addiction. Because I work with him. I get to know him in his character, his plans. I get to know how he does things. Glory to God. So I must desire his and seek his ways more than his acts. Now what happens when I do that? I begin to rise from hope to faith. Hope to faith, yes. We start out in hope. Hope is good. But you don't stay at just hope. Don't ever quit hope, but your hope needs some substance. And the substance of hope is faith. Without faith, your hope doesn't have any substance. Your faith, without faith, your hope doesn't have anything to stand on. Faith is the substance. Faith is the understanding of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Got it? Now, sometime time ago, the Lord spoke this through my wife, and it just it just it stuck with me about faith moving into a level even beyond just. Um, don't, don't, don't discredit faith, please. I'm not taking away from faith. You have to have faith, but when you max faith out, it's called trust. When you max, we walk by faith and not by sight. To just live by faith, that faith, when it's expressed in its fullness, it's called trust. Glory to God that I trust. God, and I want to submit to you today that trust is entering into his rest. I enter into his rest. Now, I can't get there just knowing his acts. I have to get there by knowing his ways, because I move from just hope to faith, and faithfully expressed is trust. That trust is a rest that we enter into. Now, look at Psalm 95. Hallelujah. That was weak as baby. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 95. Verse 8. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me says says day of trial. It looked like they on trial. But no, he says, well, your father tested me. They had me on trial. <laughs> People keep talking about, oh, I got all these trials in my life. No, the problem is you putting God on trial in your life. Praise oh, that'll mess up somebody's gospel song. <laughs> trials come to make me strong. No, your trials are all about you putting God on trial. It ain't about God putting you on trial. God doesn't put you on trial. y'all so quiet. God doesn't put you on trial? Is God a, oh man y'all so, Is God a good father or what? I don't, I don't put my children on trial. I don't give my children trials to make them strong. I'm a good dad. All I think about is what good I can do for them. That's all I think about is, well how, how can I bless them? I'm, I'm a good dad. Well, if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? Y'all got this? So God is not putting you on trial. The problem is us putting him on trial. When your father's testing me, they tried me. Though they saw my work or they saw my deeds, they saw my acts, they still kept trying me because they didn't know his ways. Look at verse 10 here. Verse 10, for 40 years I was grieved with that generation and said it is a people who do what? They go astray in their hearts and they do not know my ways. When you don't know his ways, that's why you go astray in your heart. That's why people, they can be in church serving God one day and you look at the next year, they, you, what? You doing what? what? What happened? That's the answer. They went astray because they didn't know his ways. They were just experiencing his acts and the acts became too infrequent for them. Or the acts weren't big enough for them. How come so-and-so got that kind of and I got this little old thing Well, praise God for your little thing you got, baby. If you learn to be grateful for the little thing you got, you'll start getting bigger things. He says, so they go astray in their hearts. They do not know my ways. And watch the worst part of this. So I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So when you don't know his ways, you try God, you stray from God, and you don't enter into rest. Praise God. I hope this helps you in a
1: minute.
0: Alright, now. Thank you, Lord. I was praying this morning. This, This this scripture came up too. Go to Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26. Because this is something God wants us to experience, ladies and gentlemen. Is rest. When you don't rest, you you age. <laughs> right? You age. You look you start looking hard and bad and rough, man. Like they call it, they call it in the streets, they call it worration. Y'all ever heard of worration? I never knew what worration was. People say that when I was in the barbershop. Woration? What is woration? You mean worry? No, it's like serious worry. It's called worration. That's a condition. Worration. Well, if you want to get rid of worration, the key to wor- the prescription for getting rid of worration is getting over into his rest. How do I do that? Begin to learn and discover his ways. And begin to trust God instead of trying God. Oh. Refuse to put God on trial tomorrow. Wake up tomorrow knowing God's gonna provide for you. Wake up tomorrow knowing, knowing God's gonna take care of you. Go to work knowing God's gonna, gonna get you there safely and bring you back home safely. Go go through your day knowing God's gonna take care of you and your family. Don't put God on trial. No, I know what he's going to do. I know his ways. Now look at this. Isaiah 26, verse uh, 2 and 3 and 4 says, Open the gates that the righteous nation, which keeps the truth, may enter in. So there are gates that righteous people who keep the truth, uh, my Bible also adds here, who remain faithful, may enter in. So everybody can't enter these gates. It's only those who are going to keep the truth. Now he's not talking about gates of salvation here. talking about a gate of rest. You can be saved and not be in rest. You can be born again and love God but not live in a rest. The children of Israel, they were still the children of Israel even though they didn't enter rest. They were still God's covenant people but they just didn't enter into his rest. And matter of fact, if you go back to that scripture, he said in 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 Psalm, he said, uh, he said, I was grieved. It grieves God when you're in covenant and you don't enter into his rest. He wants it for you more than you and I want it for ourselves. Are you hearing me? What what I'm saying to you? He says, so open the gates that the righteous nation, which keeps the truth may enter in verse three, please. Verse three, you will keep him in perfect peace. Whose what mind is stayed on you? Why? So many times we quote the first part of that, but we forget that third line. Because he trusts in you. Because I've entered into a place of rest. He's gonna keep me in perfect peace. This this word here, when you look at this word, peace, it is the word shalom. It's the word you know shalom. As a matter of fact, the word perfect is the word shalom. So it literally means you will keep him in shalom shalom. That's that's show enough. That's, y'all know what show enough means, right? That's show enough prosperity. That's show enough goodness. That's show enough healed. That's show enough well. My marriage is show enough good. My children are show enough right. And you'll keep me there. My mind is stayed on you because I trust in you. Well, how do I trust in him? Because I know his ways. I know his ways. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm beyond just his acts. I know his ways. Y'all, y'all got this here? Yes, sir. All right, now, go to, you're, still, you're in Isaiah now. Go to Isaiah 55. We're rounding the corner here. Isaiah 55 because I want you to know today that God invites us to enter into and enjoy this rest. He's inviting us To be free from all worry and care. what I say? To be free from all worry and care. Doesn't your Bible say cast your cares upon him because he cares for you? Doesn't your Bible say do not worry about your life, what you eat, what you drink, what you put on? And yet most people's primary concern, what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, what they're going to put on. They're worried about this. They're, they're I, I care. They cast, they rolling, uh, riding around or uh, walking around with all these cares and they're weighted down and they, they, they stress level is really high, which means their blood pressure is really high and they have uh, ulcers developing on the inside. They got irritable bowel syndrome and they got leaky gut and all these things, these conditions that are affecting them. Their, 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 uh, their uh, inflammation is real high. All that's tied to stress. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Breaking out, breaking out in the ex- eczema. Eczema? Eczema is a skin inflammation. Stress. But my baby had it. Stop stressing your baby out. Let your baby rest. Let them rest. Stop entertaining them all the time. Babies don't want to be all insane all the time. Let them rest. let let them chill. <laughs> Cut the drama out of your life around your baby. Right. <laughs> well, who do you think you're talking to? Um, we have, our babies had eczema. We know about it. Healed. Gone. Delivered. I like when y'all get quiet. Ain't nobody mad with the devil and you. But if you get mad, you'll get glad in a minute. Praise God. So God wants us to be worry free and carefree. So watch Isaiah 55. Watch this, verse 1. Ho! That's, that's how we used to stop the ice cream truck on the street. Ho! everyone who thirsts. Now watch. Now remember, remember what, we, what, we, what we said. What, our premise is his ways are past finding out. So he's going to, he, they say he works in mysterious ways. So we're going to see a mysterious way of operating that the world cannot understand but he's telling you I'm trying to get you to understand this. Ho! Oh, everyone who thirsts come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Now, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. This this don't make any sense. That's right. This is a mysterious way to the world. But I'm inviting you to operate in this mysterious way that will no longer be mysterious to you. He says, come buy and eat. Yes, come. Now, remember, he's talking to folk who don't have any money. He says, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. So you have no money, he said, come to me. I want to give you a good life even though you don't have any money. I want to, oh my goodness. He said, I want you to come buy and eat. That means I can feed you without money. I can supply your needs without money. You don't have to have money to come and experience my goodness. If you come and learn of me, I'll show you something that's so mysterious to the world that if you come and just rest in it, it's going to blow the world's mind. But you'll be like, that's just how God operates. So come. Now, remember he's talking to you first, you who have no money. Now, there may, may be somebody in here who you have no money. just look straight ahead he said come buy and eat yes come buy wine and milk without money and without price cool then you have the, other, the rest of y'all who you got it going on I got me a good job I make paper I got, I got me some money I'm good I can do things myself, I can pay my own rent I can buy my own clothes, I can pay my own mortgage I can, I can, I can buy my own ties I can buy my own shoes, I can do my own stuff now watch verse 2 Verse 2 is for you. Wow. Tell your neighbor, verse two, is for you. verse 2 is for you. Why? Now remember, the first group was what? You who have no money. The next group is, why do you, the ones with money, spend money for what is not bread and your wages? That means you got money. You got yourself your good job. Your good job telling you how uh, where you can live, what you can drive, what you can eat, what kind of clothes you can put on. This is what you're letting your good job, your check, tell you that. You live, y'all quiet. You you live life based on your budget from your check. And God is saying, if you come to me, I can bust your budget. Because he says, why do you spend money, in other words, your money, for what is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy. That means the money, the stuff you are doing with your money don't even really make you happy. You just tell the you. That ain't, that ain't the house you really wanna live in. That ain't the apartment you really wanna stay in. That ain't the car you really wanna drive. That ain't the clothes you really wanna wear. That ain't the place you really wanna eat. You're not even satisfied by it. But it's all that, that they'll let you, they, they said that's all you can afford. So God is challenging us to say, okay, you got your little money, but why? how come you keep spending your money money. on something that don't even satisfy you? Now watch what he says. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. And let your soul delight itself in abundance. You want to change and upgrade your lifestyle? Listen to me. I'm going to teach you something. I'm going to show you my ways. He said, and then you'll start eating, driving, wearing, living in what's good. Y'all ain't like, man, y'all, y'all miss let me. Go home. I'm going to go, go, go home on y'all. Y'all looking at me like I'm talking Swahili or something. I'm telling you what he's trying to invite you into. He said, I know your chick ain't going to get it. You're looking at your check and you're saying, oh, man, this is a great check. And God is saying, that's that's cute. (laughs) That's a cute little check. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Move on, Pastor. Okay. (laughs) Devin, are you getting this? Devin, are you listening? I'm trying to get somebody in the back who'll grab a hold of what I'm saying. I'm trying to find somebody. Give me verse 6. See the Lord while it may be found. Call upon him while it is near. Keep going, please. Keep going. Go all through verse 11. All through verse 11. Glory to God. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the righteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him to our God, for he will abundantly pardon all his mess-ups. He says, for my thoughts are not, come on, your thoughts nor are your ways my ways. So the way you've been doing it is you've been trying to make it off your check. You've been trying to, you've been trying to live off your income. He said, that's not my way. That's your way. Your way is you bring this much in and this tells you how many I got this many monies and here's how many things I can buy. That's your way. You learned that from elementary school. You learned that when you were in the neighborhood with the little kids. You had this many monies and you went and you went to the to the candy lady. Right? The flip lady in your neighborhood. How, how many of y'all had a flip lady in your neighborhood, a candy lady? If you didn't, you didn't grow up in the hood like me. You some of y'all grew up in the, you know, the upper echelon, but I grew up in the hood. The candy lady was living right in front of me. We had another, another flip lady. Uh, we, we, we used to go to, to Miss Isaiah's house. Uh, three, three blocks over there by, by your granddad's house. We used to go to Miss, Miss, Miss Isaiah. You make these cookies, big old, big old cookies. We used to walk four blocks by your granddad's house over there. And we used to go get them big old cookies. You buying somebody people's house? Yes. Yes. What if they had roaches? We didn't care if they had roaches. That didn't make no difference to us. We were in the hood. Everybody had roaches in the hood. What are we talking about? I mean, we used to, we used to, we used to drink outside. without well, I need some water. Inside, no. Get that water hose with lizards and everything and look, drink out that water hose. That was just how it was in the hood. I'll go inside. I'll take your butt back outside. Drink out that water hose. Am I right, Glenn? That's how it was. Ain't not going no house. So we learn at an early age. I get this many monies, and I, I can go. I can go to the flip lady, the candy lady, or I went to the to the, to the school store. Y'all remember the school store? You go buy your pencil and a folder before school? How many old heads I got here? Y'all remember that? You go to to the school store? Or when they had the book fair? I used to hate the book fair because I ain't never have any money, man. I hate the book fair. The long man, come on, man. But God says, that's not how I operate. And if you'll get on my side, that won't be how you operate. He says, "Your thoughts, are, are my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord, verse, verse uh, 9. He says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts, implied, higher than your thoughts. Verse 10, keep going. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud. He's teaching seed time and harvest. He says that it may give what? Seed. And what? He's taught the seed, time, and harvest formula here. He said, these are my ways. With seed, time, and harvest, you operate above your paycheck. Oh, yes, sir. That God says, you don't, it doesn't matter how many monies you have. I can bless you beyond your monies. Yes. Glory to yes, God. Man, I know this is true. Verse 11, verse 11, verse 11, verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper the thing for which I sent it. My word goes forth. In other words, God says, here's how I operate. I release a word. And a word goes forth, and a word produces something in in your life. Now, to to the world, that's mysterious. How you gonna speak something and it come to pass? That's how God operates. Well, who you think you are? I'm one of his children. I've learned his ways. He taught me that's how we operate. Y'all got this here? All right. Glory to God. So he, he invites us to a place of, of freedom from worry and care. Give me Mark 4.11 real quick. Mark 4.11. Oh, man, let's wind this down here. And he said to them, to you, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, to you it has been given, to you exceeding grace, to you believers, it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. So his ways are mysterious, right? But to us, it's been given to us to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. So yes, they are mysterious. But you and I don't have to live in mystery and intrigue. Our life isn't supposed to be no suspense thriller. I'll never know what's going to happen. Scared to go around the corner. No. Mm -mm. I know I know what God's gonna do how you know what God's gonna do cuz his word already told me what he's gonna do I just don't know how he's gonna do it I know he's gonna heal my body I know he's gonna make a way out of no way I know he's gonna come through for me again I know he's gonna save all my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren I know he's gonna do it I just don't know how he's gonna bring it to pass So to me, it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are what? Outside. Outside that's the unbelievers. All things come in parables or as mysteries. If you read the same thing in Matthew 13, 11, it says to them it has not been given. All right, now stay here in Mark 4, 11. Now look down at verse 26 as he's going to show us. Remember he just said, I, I called you to know the mystery of the kingdom. Now look at verse 26. The kingdom of God is as if. He is showing you how the kingdom operates. He's about to take away all the mystery out of your financial prosperity. I'm going to take away all the mystery out of all your, uh, the problems that have been plaguing your life. I'm about to remove them. He said, you want to operate by the kingdom standard? Here's how you operate. The kingdom of God is as if or operates this way. A man should scatter seed on the ground, Caleb, and should sleep by night and rise by day. The seed should sprout and grow. He himself... Now, when the farmer sows a seed, does he know it's going to produce? Yes, Yes. he just doesn't know how. The question is not is it, it's how. So when you are believing God for anything in your life, for your marriage, for your children, for your family, for your finances, for your healing, whatever, I know what's going to happen. I just don't know the how. Why? Because he's telling me the kingdom of God is as if. This is how the kingdom of God operates. And he told me, he gives it, gives it to me to know this. You getting this here? Verse 28, please. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. Verse 29. Verse 29. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because what? The harvest has come. The harvest has come. Now, let's close here. So he just told us kingdom mysteries, of secrets, of finances. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, why do you say finances? That's what most people are concerned about. <laughs> I was told Deacon Mac, I think, shared it with me. Uh, somebody shared it. No, I think that might have been you. I heard about uh, um, Soaring Eagles went out ministering on Friday night, right? and I heard they were out to pray for people, and they asked somebody, hey, what do you need prayer for? And one gentleman I heard said, prosperity. Now these are, I'm, I'm assuming they're kinda living out there in Camel's Park. They're living out there, I mean, they're on the streets, they're homeless. And we're gonna come, they need to be saved, or you want prayer for healing? They, no, we want pray for prosperity, we need money. Y'all ain't saying, y'all don't like that. See, the church fights this teaching so bad and yet people in the world, their number one issue they're dealing with is money. Number one issue most people in the church dealing with still is money. And we act like it's not an issue, so don't talk about that. Yet that guy in, in, in all earnestness said, you want to pray for me? Pray for some prosperity. I need some prosperity. I need some money. That's somebody on the street telling you the straight up truth. Ain't pulling no punches. I need prosperity. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Lord. Look at Luke, please. 12. Lord, show me the scripture, scripture. maybe Thursday. In prayer. This is just, I love spending time with God, man. He just, he talks so much. At least the Lord talks a lot. You try to try to keep up with God. I mean, my little phone and my little Bible. I got script stuff all over my Bible. And when I got my new Bible, I was like. This one, I, when I got, I'm like, I'm never gonna write in this one. I'm not, I'm not gonna write. I'm not gonna highlight. I wanted to have a clean, perfect Bible. The Holy Ghost ruined that. This is impossible. He, he just, cause he keeps talking. So Luke, um, twelve. Let's close here, twenty nine to thirty two. But I want to read it from the Message, translation. I want y'all to read with me. I'm going to let the scripture close this message. He says, ready, read. It, read. What I'm, hold on, hold on, I'm sorry. This is Jesus talking. Just so we have some context. This is Jesus talking to his people. Got it? So I want you to hear Jesus right now talking to you. Got it? Ready, it, read. What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax. Not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and and the what? Fuss over the, now pause. Is this clear? People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over this stuff. They scramble. They worry. They fret. They're anxious over this stuff. How am I going to make it? I got to see if I can get me another job. I got to see if I can work part time over here. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this. And they, they get over into a place of toil. Yeah. Toil. Toil. Because I, I I'm working on this. I got to make this happen. You got, you're right. You got to make it happen. You're right. You have become your own God. You have taken away God's lordship over your life and made yourself lord of your life because now you work working trying to make it happen. And they miss church. You tell them they watching later because they're working now. Scrambling, trying to, I got this job over, I got to go do this. That's right, you're doing it. You're doing it. And as long as you're doing it, God's going to let you do it. And he'll let you work your fingers to the bone to where your wife don't know you and your children don't know you, because you're trying to make it happen because you're the boss. And God is saying, "I'm trying, son, daughter. I'm trying to get you to a place of relaxation. Stop fussing over trying to make something happen." Let me let me make it happen in your life. Pastor, that's easy for you to say, doesn't it? What you talking about easy for me to say? He says, people who don't know God, I know God. No, you don't. You know his acts. You don't know him. I'm saved. I ain't say you weren't saved about knowing him relationship intimate relationship Where you trust yeah but what if see as long as you keep with them what ifs you got God on trial Pastor, you fussing? I'm not fussing. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm. trying to free your mind, man. I'm trying to. I'm trying to free your time, man. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get you to a place of trust, man, so you can enjoy life. Pastor, you know what you're talking about. Listen, you, and until you until you have. I know about crying as a husband and a father, a four. Four. Don't tell me about not knowing. Crying because I'm trying to figure out how to make it. Crying, giving God ideas. Crying, blaming God. Mm -hmm. I had the audacity one day to tell God, God, if you were my son, I wouldn't let you go through this. I'm yelling at God. I ain't talking about 20 years ago, I'm talking about before I learned his ways. See, none of y'all ever cried, didn't there y'all? None of y'all was ever frustrated enough to be yelling at God. Yeah, I was yelling at God. What's wrong with you? You don't see what we're going through? How long, God? When you gonna come through? And I was intent on going to make something happen to myself. My wife would tell you I came with all kind of businesses. I came out with all. I went back. I went back and 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 uh, and reapplied and got my my uh, barber's license back. activated. I'm going. I'm going back in the shop. But I'm going. God, you ain't coming through for me. You ain't moving quick enough. I'm going to go make this thing work. And God arrested me. So you sit down and learn my ways. And I remember crying just as hard when this peace came on me. Peace of re- just resting. I cried as hard in this rest and peace as I did when I was frustrated. I cried, I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I repent for not trusting you. For thinking I was going to help you. And thinking I could help myself. Problem was I didn't really know God. I knew his acts. Yes. Yes. I remember the one day, it was, it was around Thanksgiving, about 2012 or so, I think it was. And I had no, well, before that, I had no money. No money. Me, my wife, four kids, and all we had was her little check. Little. That's all we had was our little check. (laughs) Remember one day, I finally, the church finally had enough little money in the account to give me a little check, a little check. And I remember driving, I was in the car, on the way to the bank, and all of a sudden I'm I'm dancing, I'm praising God, I'm like whistling, I'm singing. I'm like, I got me a little check. It's like just before Thanksgiving. I'm like, whoo, I got me a little check. And I'm driving, all of a sudden, in my spirit, God says, oh, now you happy? <laughs> I heard him. He said, oh, now you're happy? I said, yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> I got a little, I got a, got a check. Oh, so now the check makes you happy. Uh, now, the yeah. now the check made your life, made, made your life better. All of a sudden, I went from praising and you know, like woo, to now boo crying driving the street, and I'm and I'm crying so hard, driving, I'm go, I'm going on First Avenue South headed towards downtown. I'm going to go to Sonova's Bank. I'm like, I gotta, because I'm going to the drive. I'm like, I gotta, gotta get my, get all this stuff and snot off. You know, I gotta get, get everything clean. So I'm about to go to this drive. I'm like, oh my god, I'm, I'm like, Lord, I repent. I'm so sorry. You're right. I realized my trust was in that check. Some of you right now, you're putting all your trust in a check. You're putting all your trust in what a job can do. And that's why you're not experiencing his wondrous works. You're still paycheck to paycheck because your, your, your trust is in that check. But he has wondrous works that will slap your check silly. (laughs) (laughs) Steep yourself in God reality, God initiatives, God provisions. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. All of them. Don't be afraid of missing out. You're my dearest friends. The Father wants to give you the very kingdom itself. It's all right. Go ahead and give God a praise if you receive that. God praise. I, I pray that somebody today. That real quick, you have a moment like I had. A God meeting where he actually totally interrupts your excursion, whatever you're doing, and reintroduces himself to you. When Abram first met God. He was just Jehovah. By the time he got over in Genesis 17, he said, "Amel should die." God reintroduced himself to Abram. I want to show you something different about me. I pray that the Lord will reintroduce himself to you. In a way you've never seen him and known before. That you would begin. To go beyond knowing just his acts. To knowing his ways. To knowing him. To know him. That's what Paul said. I want to know him. In the power of his resurrection. The fellowship of his suffering. I want to know him. Him. when you know him, you move from just hope for acts to faith and trust in him. So that if the act doesn't happen tomorrow, your faith still stands. So if the healing doesn't manifest this week, my faith still sings. We used to sing a song, Tis so sweet to trust. to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Just to know thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. It's sweet to trust. Ain't no worries. You know, cares? You sleep at night. I get all kind of bad news. I sleep at night. Not, I ain't afraid of no evil tidings. My heart is fixed. Steadfast. Trusting in the Lord. I'm that Psalm 112 man. My heart is fixed. Steadfast. Trusting in the Lord. Because I know he will come through. It's just a matter of time. He coming through. I will wait on the Lord. he <laughs> will be here. Come on now. If you had somebody in your life and they they uh, they, they constantly uh, fell through on their word, you won't have any trust. You'll start panicking. But if somebody you have, they always come through on their word and they say, hey, I'm coming to pick you up at three o'clock and three o'clock show up and they, they're not there. You don't panic. You, something came up. They'll be here. I trust them. They're man of his word. God is a man of his word. His word is proven. His word is tried, tested, and it's true. And he cannot fail. He cannot fail. I'm asking everyone to stand to your feet. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus Just to take him at his word just to rest upon his promise just to know the saith the Lord Jesus Jesus how I trust him how I prove him o'er and o'er Jesus Precious Jesus, oh, for grace, to trust him more. (laughs) You want to live a sweet life? Learn to trust him. Learn to trust him. 75% of all sickness and disease comes from or is seriously accelerated by stress. What's stress all about? Worrying about stuff? You got a condition in your body, you just can't seem to shake it? You Check your stress level. Something you're worried about, something you're in fear about. And it's 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 wreaking havoc on your body, on your mind, your soul is on a roller coaster. But it's sweet to trust in Jesus. Oh, that's old school. He's the same yesterday. Hebrews 13, verse 8, he's the same yesterday. And today and forevermore. Thank you, Everybody close your eyes. I want you to take an introspective look. And just search yourself for a moment. Is there anything that I'm worried about? Anything I'm anxious about? Anything I'm frustrated about? Anything I'm I feel like, you know, oh man. You're constantly thinking about it? Or do you live a carefree life? Have you entered into his rest? Because if you're not entered into his rest, I want to invite you into his rest today. I believe I've made it clear from the word how you do that. Seek his ways, know his ways, not just his acts. Get to know him. Get to know him. Fellowship with him. Yes. On him, wait all the day. Shatakara mandura kisa tatarabasata. Rabba Baba Koshonta Rabasata. Rebaba Baba Baba Kasata Rabashita Tatara Bashata. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I can't answer that question for you. Only you can answer it. It's between you and the Lord. Right now, if you have discovered something, I want you to just begin right now to commit that to him. I want you just, in your own heart, cast that care on him. Roll that burden over on him. The Bible says, roll your burden upon him. He will sustain you. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Take no thought. Don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you drink, what you put on. The Bible says your father already knows you have need of all these things. It says after all these things, the Gentiles seek. The Gentiles panic over these things. But you and I have no need to panic. We have a good father, a very good father. You're a husband, you're a dad. You're frantic about how you're going to take care of your wife and your children, all these things you got to do. If you're a single mom, single parent, you, it just seems to be insurmountable odds and things that are against you. Oh no, 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 no! You have the help of the Holy Ghost, the Holy One Himself to help you. He wants you to enter into a rest. You can't fix it. If you could have fixed it, it would have been fixed yesterday. Would have been fixed yesterday. I'm sure. I'm sure you'd have fixed it by now. But you couldn't, and you can't. So don't. Don't try. We have a wonderful God who wants to take care of you. Ha! Did you hear what I just said? He wants to take care of you. He wants to take care of you. Every little detail. And and he wants to give you the desires of your heart. He wants to give you stuff that does make you smile, make you happy. Take care of your needs. Give you the desires of your heart, use you to bless other people. He wants to work with you, work in you, work through you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Dear God, I'm asking you right now that you look upon us and see every person who has uh, some area or another of their life where uh, they're carrying that care, that worry, that anxiety, where they're trying to do it themselves, trying to make it happen. God, if they'll be honest, it ain't happening. It ain't working. They know it's not. But Lord, we've not known how to switch over. We've not known how to um, really move into this rest. But I believe you've shown us by your word today how to do it. You've invited us to it. I pray that today every person in this room would do as the word says in Psalm 107. They come to their wit's end and cry out to you, God. And you would bless us and deliver us from all our distresses. Thank you, Lord, today that every man, woman, boy, girl in this place will be released from all care, worry, anxiety, fear, all stress. And that God will become like little children who will just chill, relax in the care of a loving father. We believe in your reality. We believe you are real, you're alive, you're well. And we'll let nobody tell us any differently, oh God. We believe you are alive well and you care for your children. It's your good pleasure, according to Luke 12, 32, to give us the kingdom. It's your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So we receive it. We receive everything you have for us. We rest and we settle ourselves in you. We receive healing in our bodies. We receive finances, God, in our lives. We receive restoration in our families, oh God. We receive the salvation of our sons and our daughters and our grandchildren, God. We receive everything, Lord, that we've been praying for, everything you have for us. We receive it now in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I thank you that we will move into a perfect peace, a shalom, shalom of nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken in our lives whatsoever. Thank you, Lord. No more brokenness. No more shortfalls. Thank you, Lord, for windfalls in our lives. Breakthroughs in our lives. Hallelujah. Miracle manifestation in our lives. Thinking that, God, somebody will wake up tomorrow, Lord, and that pain that's been there for 20 years will be gone. In the name of Jesus. Because we rest in you, O Lord. And that issue that they've been battling with, Lord, for years will be gone and changed in the name of Jesus Christ. Our trust is not in doctors. Thank you for doctors, God. But our trust is not in them. Our trust is in you, Jehovah Ropha, our healer. Thank you that it is so. Thank you that God every financial need is met. That things turn around swiftly in our lives, because you, Jehovah Jireh, our Jehovah Jireh, our El Shaddai God, are our great provider. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We trust you. Thank you for the sweet life that we live from this day forward. Hallelujah. Love, (laughs) beyond knowledge, peace, beyond understanding, and a joy beyond explanation. Thank you. We'll live it and enjoy it. All of our days we pray. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Put those hands together and give God a great praise today. Lord, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you for your rest. Thank you for your rest. Thank you for your rest. Hallelujah. Praise you. Glory to God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. Rest easy in Him. Tell your neighbor, God's got it. You rest.